When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The first month of the season has come and gone, and the Flyers look particularly good. But injuries are mounting up. Let's talk about it all right now. This is the Orange and Backcheck Podcast with Bill Kornfeld and Scott Weinhardt. It is episode 128 of Orange and Backcheck. Be sure to be, make sure you are following us, rating us five stars, following us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all that good stuff. It's the end of the first month, uh, Scott. I almost said Rob. That was weird. It's the end of the first month, Scott. And uh, I mean, what can you say other than pleasantly surprised, impressed? Carter Hart's massive, uh, it just incredible season so far Vesna uh candidate already I'm sure like what's your takeaway at this point that is a great question <laughs> that's a really great question uh, I have to look at this as more as a it impressed and it, it, impressive it, it just impressive you know I, I I know I've said from the from the get-go this team is a playoff team I didn't think that they would have this identity, so to speak, so early on in the season. And 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 I'm not gonna. People are gonna be like, "Oh, it's not their identity. What they do, blah blah blah." Tortorella's not calling anything. I I'm impressed with the fact of how early they've been able to not get themselves dig themselves out of holes. Um, you know, play against Florida, for instance. They gave up 51 shots and still found a way to win. And then Saturday night, you know, they're up 3-2. They let one make one mistake. It's in the back of their net. And then they lose that game. But they they were still down in that game as well. And it, it's just... Another two-goal two goal deficit. Right. That they and the fact that, you know, they they keep getting scoring throughout the lineup, it seems. It's, it, this, this team is coming together where it's like, hey, man, you know, they have the, the mantra of the Phillies. It's, they're, they're, not, they're not going away. I mean... You know, Saturday was a rough day for Philly sports, but overall, the, I just I've been really impressed with the way this team has responded so early in the season, and they're they're not losing points; they're they're bagging points that they're going to need eventually down the line. And uh, I, I'm impressed, man. And November the first week is a real big test for this club. It's a really big test of where this team is at. So I'm I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I've been really really impressed with this team so far. And John Tortorella is pressing all the right buttons, saying all the right things, and I, I, I'm loving what I'm seeing so far. Honestly, I'm loving what I'm seeing. There's, there's little things, but I, overall, I'm loving that I'm seeing that they're, 
They're grinding out W's. Yeah, and, and to your point about like just bagging points now in October, early November, hopefully when they started here on Tuesday against the, the Rangers, like as the bagging of points we didn't really anticipate until December, late December, early January, because we always said that benchmark for this team was around Christmas time. So like the fact that they're bagging points now. And albeit, like, Tortorello himself will say, I thought we played really bad. I thought we played really well. Um, there's a roller coaster of emotions in terms of how this team has played. And they're still able to pull off not just a 5-2-1 record, but they're in first place in the Metropolitan right now. Albeit, it's a, it's a tiebreaker situation with Carolina, who they just lost to last night. But, like, it's still impressive to see and it's nice that they're bagging these points now and like you said they're getting scoring all of a sudden throughout all four lines you got your usual suspects in in Travis Connecting who has turned on this season clearly responded very well after that benching uh and Kevin Hayes too after the benching on Sunday night against the Sharks where they didn't see any ice time in the third period TK came out firing uh the the following game to lead them to another victory but on the fourth line I mean Nick Delorier had a goal last night he has a goal and assist over the these last two games between Carolina and Florida Zach McEwen a goal Nick Sealer an assist I mean these guys you need contributing in the way of the bully bu- being bullies on the ice but at the same time if they're contributing on the scoring page then that's even better and you you're realizing that you're getting all three li- all four lines contributing to a factor of just something like not just uh the intangibles but and buying into Tortorella's system but you're also actually producing stuff on the score sheet so it's really impressive that we're seeing I mean Nick Delorier we criticized that contract when it was signed but if he's contributing you can't complain much about it until Something bad happens. Like it, there's no reason to complain. And, about and it, yeah, I'm guess. glad you brought up Delorier because you know right now he's outscoring Travis Sanheim. Travis Sanheim doesn't have a point on the season, and neither does Justin Braun. Everybody else on the on the on, on the roster has has a point that's played. Um, but obviously Carter Hart. I'm not going to count him. But the here's here's what the 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 little things that people don't see they they take things at face value like Nick Delory long term things stuff like whatever okay this is what the Rangers blueprint was last season now I didn't think the Rangers were going to be that good now, granted the Rangers have much much better skill players than the Flyers do but last season this was their mo of getting the off season of going and getting some grit for their bottom bottom six and you know really saying hey, you know what, we know we have enough up front. We went on the back end. That was a misread on my part saying I didn't think they were going to be anything different last season. They go along and they make it to the Eastern Conference Final. Um, with the with that, the Flyers had the same idea of like, look, we have enough that we can work with up front. Let's get some grit in the back end. And they did that with Nick Delorier. And look, it's it's paying off between the whistles because they're they're you're seeing a lot more scuffling. You're seeing a lot more guys like getting in faces. You're you're seeing guys, you know, really hit players and go after them and play and play relentless and in hockey that's really just fun to watch. Because yeah, they might get down defensively and, and give up a goal or two early. But you know they're going to battle back. You know that they're going to make it competitive. They're not just going to sit on it like they would last year. I'm really impressed that this team has done a complete 180 from the second period, which is a hard period because of the long change. 
So I'm really impressed that this team does not get down. They they don't they don't they don't they don't back up. They just kind of keep pressing and keep pushing and keep really generating. And I think their second periods have probably been some of their best periods so far this year. The first periods have gotten off the slower starts, but I think overall this team has been really, really much better improving in the second and third period. Um so it, it that is really good to see. And and having that extra edge, you know, not just the conditioning from training camp. But the extra edge of knowing that you need to play rough hockey, um, it's it, 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 it's a good brand and it's Philly style. And people, are, you could see it in fans. They're, they're, they're sticking around a little bit here, even with everything else going on with the Phillies. They're sticking around in the uh, um, in the attendance thing. And, I, and they're, they're starting to come back a little bit. Believe it or not, they're starting to come back. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a very simple formula for bringing fans back into a system like anything sporting related uh from the flyers from the phillies whatever it is win and you're in like it's not just trying to get into the playoffs but like win and your your fans will get in there and watch the team like so you're right and to your point about the second period and one we've we've beaten it to death it's about the conditioning that tortorella put this team to but it's also the fact that they're not letting those big moments get to them. Like, there's a reason they were able to come back 2-0 against Tampa Bay in Tampa. It's a reason they were able to come back 2-0 against Carolina on Saturday night despite losing in overtime. You still bag a point. It's because they're not letting the moment get too big to them. They're not backing up on their heels. And they're, like, they're just pushing forward. They're not getting on their heels. They're not getting flat-footed. They're staying in the zone. They're staying competitive and not letting the moment get too big for them. Because, like we've said, this team is young, but also a decent amount of veteran presence, like a Kevin Hayes, like a Scott Lawton, who is the only player right now that has a patch on, on him in terms of an A or a C, despite not the Tortorella being very clear that they're not naming a C. Like, um, Scott Lawton is the leader of this club of this team right now, and then you find sprinklings of other of their big names as long as they're contributing. Kevin Hayes, we've said it time and time again, continues to impress. Not just like the fact that he's stepping into the role of Sean Couturier, but that he's doing his own style of game and healthy. A healthy Kevin Hayes is far and away better than most players that we have on this roster over the last couple of seasons. And he's contributing at a big factor, not just on the score sheet that we were talking about earlier with the fourth line, but just getting into the zones, clearing pucks, and just being able to, again, the magic phrase that that Torts lives off of, skating without the puck or playing without the puck. Like, that is a key factor of what you see of why they're able to make these second-period surges, I guess you could call them, and just being able to claw back into these games that they probably would have lost over the last three or four seasons, whatever the right. case is. Right, Tortorella talked about that in the press conference after uh, after the Carolina game, that he, you know, he knows he focuses a lot on playing away with the puck, but he doesn't want to take anything away from guys playing with the puck. So, you know, that's what I mentioned Way before the season started, first you focus on defense, then the offense will come. They'll get more confidence. They'll take more chances. They'll do that. And you're starting to see that with this team. You know, they're, they're scoring goals. They're scoring goals. And I'll tell you what, there's a huge skill difference in when you're talking some of the higher-end forwards on the team from, you know, what you witnessed in, in Carolina. You know, Martin Natchez makes a great play, ties the game with two minutes left. Okay. The bigger piece was in overtime when you saw Carolina just dominate the Flyers. 
that's where your separation of skill is. So obviously you're taking two players off the ice. When you want to talk about elite talent and where the Flyers are at right now, that's the major difference. But that's not a bad thing. And yes, you might not win a lot of overtime games. Yes, you might not win a lot of shootout games. Okay, You might drop some points here and there. But they bag the point against a really good Carolina team. And not just that. You you can see that this team still they were out they were working them, but that's where they're that's where the difference is in the skill wise. So the fact that when they're playing five on five, they're sticking with teams like Florida, sticking with teams like Carolina, and they're playing well with them and taking them sixty minutes, and you're getting great goaltending from Carter Hart. You know the whole question comes that people saying how long can this go on for? Well, I mean, it can go on all season because they're playing good systematic hockey. They're, they're playing good away from the puck. They're doing the little things well. They're finishing their checks. They're going after the puck. They're being aggressive. They're playing sound defensively. I, I don't think they're giving up too many grade-A chances. Carter Hart's really been strong. He's playing strong positionally. He's moving very well. So that's a really big bonus. Take good goaltending when you can. Yes, you gave up 51 shots against Florida. Take good goaltending when you can. I was gonna say, like the the, the one thing that I've I've talking I've spoken with like casual fans that are just kind of seeing the team from the thirty thousand review, maybe looking on the NHL.com app, whatever the case may be, they're looking at the shot numbers, and for the most part, they're giving up a lot of shots. You said like Florida, they're giving up they gave up fifty one. I think they've been teetering right around that thirty four to forty range for most of the season against their opposing players or opposing teams, which, like, on paper, that doesn't look great. Um, but it's also about the quality chances. Like, if Carter Hart's, like, just at the perfect angle every single time for 60% of those shots, then it's then you're really only talking about 40% that are quality chances that he's letting go by, and he's still putting up, I think he's up to a 969 save percentage. It's something absurd. I know he's back to two. Uh, goals against, but that save percentage is really what you want to look at because he is seeing a, a lot of right now. He's yeah, okay. So yeah, like he's still like just turning away anything and everything that he's seeing. Like he's on a different level that we haven't seen in quite some time. I mean, even the 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 weeks that we saw like really good. Um, uh, why am I the Russian? Why am I the the why am I blind? Sergey Oh my god. There were- no, no, no! Oh my Russian. God, the, the universe is oh Ilya Briskalov. Briskalov, how did I forget it's that? Sunday. Like, it's w- Sunday, like, the Phillies played late last uh, yeah, night, that's and, true. and the Eagles play at one o'clock, and you're going. So yeah, I can understand why you'd forget Ilya Briskalov. So Briskalov, like he struggled obviously notoriously with this club, but like he had a couple of weeks here and there where he really turned it on. I think he had back-to-back shutouts and like just was just posting some absurd numbers. But what Carter Hart's doing is he's just letting the game come to him. He's, his skating looks really good. He's, he's in the perfect positions just about every time. That six hole that we've talked about is the weak point. It's just going to be one of those things that you live and die with. And that's like that's really as long as he's not giving up the five hole and the other weak spots, the six hole is just going to be one of those things that that happens and it's, and here's, it's whatever. And here's because of the volume of shots he's getting against right already in, in six starts he's had 226 shots against that's a lot that's that's a lot but you really you know people are going to look at analytics and say oh the the heat maps and all that stuff like stop like stop like i i 
I don't buy into that. A dangerous chance is when you're coming right down the slot. If you're keeping them outside the dots, which the Flyers are doing a pretty good job at of keeping, that's what I'm saying, dangerous chances. They might be throwing pucks at the net, but they're blocking shots. They're letting them see them if that's coming through. They're keeping them outside the dots. You know, don't look at all the little numbers and all the heat maps and all the stuff and the course C and all. You know, I'm not, this is an analytics argument. I'm telling you from a goaltending perspective is that if a goalie gets a lot of different shots and the more that shots you see, the better it is. Well, a lot of times the goalies will tell you, some might say like, you know, it doesn't matter for them, but I can tell you from, from experience that when you don't see a lot of volume, you kind of get a little stiff, stale, you don't get into a rhythm, but if you're seeing a lot of rubber, you're just moving with it. It's just, it's just instinctive. You're not thinking about the game. You're just playing it. And there's a massive, massive difference. Now, with, with you brought up Carter Hart's save percentage, it, it, it's 938, which is ridiculously high. Again, it's six games, okay? He hasn't had a regulation loss yet. But the goals against average, that's going to be the kicker we're going to need to keep looking at because right now his goals against average is 2.31. Now, that sounds great, but when you compare it to a 938 save percentage, he is, that means he's getting, he's getting a lot of volume of shots, but he's getting beat a couple times a game because of the amount of volume of shots. That's just something to keep an eye on because, you know, you, you don't, I mean, like, for instance, if I would pull up Igor Shesterkin's numbers from last year, he'd have, a, he'd have a, uh, let me make sure we pull them up real quick while, while we're doing that. If you bring up Shesterkin, um, his numbers last year, he had a let's see here. Hang on one second. Uh where's his career? 22. So he had a 935 save percentage and a 2.07 goals against average. So that's what I'm saying is that his goals against average might seem a little bit higher this season. And you know, compared to a save percentage, but save percentage is really a goalie stat. And really the goals against is a defensive stat. So for instance, you know. Shesterkin had 1,622 shots against last year, um, you know, and gave up 106 goals. That's a lot. But again, you want to look at the the scoring chances. You want to look at, at where the shots are coming from. So he might get beat a couple times. again. Like, for instance, like last night, the, 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 the shot and goal that tied the game from Martin Natchez. You're not stopping that. Sorry, he came up off. Of, he came up through the circle and ripped it went high corner. You, you're not stopping that. No, it's a perfectly placed shot. That's going to happen. It's okay. Just keep an eye on how many because that'll be the indicator of where this team is going to be defensively because you don't want to give up, obviously, too many goals because you have to score more, but you don't want to overload Carter Hart either. The goals against average, I look at almost like the win-loss ratio for a pitcher in baseball. It's a, it's a nice stat to look at, but it doesn't tell the full story of what the player went through. And that and that sense, save percentage um, is the big one because that's that's the percentage, percentage of shots he's stopping, obviously. So he's um, the big the the elephant in the room is the the amount of injuries that are piling up, especially for the three players that we're going to talk about. But before we get into that, as always, this episode of Orange and Backcheck is brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network and DraftKings Sportsbook. We're a month into the NHL season, and you should be joining DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL for the season that you are missing out on. New customers can bet $5 on any team and get $200 in free bets if they win. You got the NHL uh, season underway, obviously, and the season 
continues in November for the Flyers going up against going on the road here. Uh, got a tough back to back in the Rangers and uh, the Tampa Bay Maple Leafs, or excuse me, the Toronto Maple Leafs. And you can figure out, uh, take some long odds on that. Like I said, the Flyers are going to be some underdogs on these upcoming matchups despite the strong start you can take advantage of. Here's what I would suggest this is what I'm looking at futures. Scott, can you guess where Carter Hart sits right now in the Vesna? Odds to win it this season. Mm, plus 800. Plus 2,500. That is incredible value right now for a guy that is 5-0-1 on the season. If you are not have not already picked your Vesna winner, I would throw some, some money right down on Carter Hart. And make it fun. Make it a same-game parlay. You can turn small bets into really big bets. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your side and an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and, and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Now, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. That's THPN. Bet $5 on NHL team, any NHL team to win their game and get $200 in free bets if they do. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See our show notes and the description below for all the details in your respected area. I got, I got to say one thing before we get to the injuries. You mentioned the week the Flyers are coming up. You know what I love to see? The L's that are next to, to Toronto Maple Leafs. I love seeing that. <laughs> I, I really, really do. I really do. You get it. This is a sick fetish I for you. don't like the way. I'm sorry. I, I, I've said it all along. I've said no. It's not a disrespectful thing. I don't like the fact how Kyle Dubas runs that team. Sorry, I don't. No, it, it's it's a great like if you've watched the uh, the movie Moneyball, like it's a great longevity thing in terms of analytics and how you do it. But if you're ninety percent, a hundred percent, eighty five percent into utilizing your squad through analytics rather than making it a more fifty fifty split or a more balanced approach, like the short term windows that we see in a two week span in an NHL playoff series, it results in what Tam- uh, what Toronto does and that's embarrassing embarrassment and just I, I will just say this i think that dubis has no disrespect to sheldon keith either he's done decent with that job but you there's no reason with the amount of talent on that roster they have not gotten past the first round in the last six seasons it, it's it's sickening and in that market the fact that they're putting up with that you need someone like a let's use a phillies reference you need a pat gillick or a dave dombrowski to come in here and put that team over the top I think that they he's, he strapped that team for a while, and they, I don't know. I, I'm just getting. I listen. I, I'm not a I'm not a Toronto fan, obviously. Um, I respect I respect no. the team. But I really just don't like the management. And yes, it's early, but yeah, yeah, get me off of Toronto. Um. So the the big issue that was that's been going on is obviously we talked about Kevin Hayes stepping in the role for Sean Couturier. Um, early in the seat or right around uh the middle of training camp towards the end, we had that uh, report out from Anthony Sanfilippo of crossing broad and snow, the goalie podcast, obviously uh, saying that Couturier had another setback and was likely out for the remainder of the season or for most of the season, if not the entire thing, the team and Chuck Fletcher kind of, not waved it off, but they acknowledged it and they said, well, we're not really sure he's considered week to week. We hope to see him, uh, 
early in early in November, late November, whatever the case may be. He was skating and he had a setback, and now he had the surgery on. I'm assuming, as Anthony Sanfilippo reported initially, it was a herniated disc, and now he's out at least three to four months. So you're putting him pretty well into next season or next year, probably February, early March, hopefully. If Sean Couturier is not back at all, Scott, like, does this level of success maintain itself, or are we on a trajectory to a cliff that we're just going to fall off on at some point this season because we don't have not just one of our best players in Sean Couturier, but there's quite a few in in JVR and um, Cam Atkinson. Like, this is not going away anytime soon, these injuries. Well, I'll say this. I, I don't, I'm don't. i not going to use the proverbial cliff. I don't think we know. I, I, let more, you know. I don't have a magic eight ball in front of me that's clear to tell you what to happen because I thought this team wouldn't get off to the start that did it, and they have, and I've liked the way they played. I think with John Tortorella behind the bench, he's not going to let that happen. I just don't think. I think that they're, wor- they're working hard right now. Yes, there's a skill difference. Absolutely. When you, you It's visible on three on three. But when you play on a five-on-five in a structured setting, I think that it's a possibility this team can keep this going. I we just have to wait and see. We have to see when they get to the grind of the season. When you know, like they're the first month now. You know, when when games get tighter, back to backs. You know, um, if if I think the bigger key is that they they need to stay healthy at center. I really think that you know they need to make sure that no, I'm not, I'm not Morgan Frost steps up. Um, that he needs to continue playing, and he got benched the other night. So I mean, it, he needs to he needs to take those lessons and go with it. Kevin Hayes needs to keep his game up. Travis Connecting needs to keep scoring. All that being said, this could line up very well for the Flyers. And I want you to mark this. I want you to bookmark this. Okay, it is October thirtieth, the day before Halloween. Bookmark this, Bill, because here's why. Oh, okay. I didn't ask you, Siri. Um, but. Take, for instance, if the Flyers continue on the pace that they're at right now and Carter Hart continues to play, they're a playoff team. Imagine getting a healthy Sean Couturier back in February, March, probably being in the right where he needs to be conditioning-wise come around April, okay? Um, That is so great for the Flyers. It, It does bring into question a little bit as far as chemistry, because of how well see, the team has been playing without him. But I don't think that adding a player of Sean Couturier's caliber is going to be detrimental to a team. It's just a matter of where you're going to slide him in the lineup. Um, I think that that could be beautiful for the Flyers. Absolutely beautiful. Um, the only thing that I'd have concern about is, you know, when, when Kevin Hayes came back last season, he played really well and stuff like that, but you could see, like, you know, still getting his legs underneath him. Sean Couturier wouldn't have played hockey in over a year, you know, had to stop skating this week. He wouldn't be playing hockey for over a full calendar year, um, you know, if if he comes back in that in April or whatnot. I think that that could be huge for the Flyers if they get to that point. JVR, that, that does hurt you, especially on the power play, but... This is this is the time for other players to step up. Owen Tippett scored a power play goal last night. Tony D, he's been fantastic on the power play. I thought this, the power plays looked different because of you know Tony D, uh, but having not having that power forward in front does does uh, does hurt them. But that's when you think of a Wade Allison because JVR is probably not coming back next season. So you have to figure out what you're going to use in the power play in front of the net. So that hurts them, but at the same time. 
I think that this team right now, these players have a next man up mentality. They really do. And Tortorella is going to say, okay, if you're my, if you've got to be here, I'm going to hold you accountable, hold your feet to the fire. And they're responding. Cam Atkinson's another one too. If these guys, they're out now, but if this team can hold their heads above water and get their veterans back in some core pieces around, you know, after the holidays, you know, February, March, and they're still in a playoff hunt at that time, that could really help them, man. And that, that's exciting. It is it is exciting. I agree with you. Here's my hesitancy, and it scares the living bejesus out of me when it comes to specifically um, Couturier. Because I think like the six weeks that we're missing JVR because it's a finger. Like I think that's like livable. Like because I don't think J- JVR, for the lack of a better phrasing, is a shell of himself and what we've experienced over the last couple of years. Like he's like he's fine, but he's not what we. Had in in his first stint as a flyer, and I think you have. I don't think he's he, a twenty goal scorer at the fine. NHL level. That's yeah, but but you anticipated him to be a thirty-five to forty goal scorer when he was when you first Fair. got him. You kind of like like that's what you anticipated. Like that's you're not getting that anymore. He's a he's a perfectly suitable third liner, second liner when you have to push him. But sit, missing him for six weeks is not the end of the world. Missing Sean Couturier for three to four months. Could be the end of the world, depending on how these things go. But what also freaks me out is the fact that we're talking about a second back surgery for a guy that is in on the cusp of entering. Is he thirty yet? Yeah, if he he's not thirty, 30 he's about yeah. to be thirty. So, like that scares the living daylights out of me because we're talking about one of the most imp- like you're, we're talking about the back. Like it, it's not a finger, it's not a wrist, it's the back and. Yeah, would I love it and expect him to be, um, would I or complain about him to be back here in three to four months when he's we're talking about February, early March, um, when they're on the cusp of a playoff push and get him conditioned in the right set, uh, healthy healthy way for the playoff push? No, I'm not going to complain. But I think it's I think it's going to be really really tough for me to buy in that he's going to be be even ready. Like if. Here's what because because here's here's how I see it. If, if this season you were the one that said that this is a playoff team if they hit the right buttons and and I give you credit for that. But I don't think the franchise, despite what they say publicly, I think internally they don't buy that. I think they bought like this is a building year. Who can we build off this team with from the Owen Tippets of the world, from the Morgan Frost of the world, the Joel Farabies? Who can we build off of? We have the leadership in terms of Sean Couturier, and, or excuse me, Sean um, Scott Lawton and the like. Who can we build off for next season to be the contending team that we hope to be? If Sean Couturier's back is not getting him back into the lineup until late February, early March, and you're still a playoff, potentially a playoff team, I wouldn't consider bringing him back. I think you might just say, see what you have with this, and then go from there because we're talking about the back. If it was any other injury, I would say bring him back as soon as he's healthy. But the fact that it's the back injury and a herniated disc specifically, I think the risk is not worth the reward. Now, I'm not saying they're not going to make the playoffs because of without having Sean Couturier. I think they can. It's just I, I like we're talking about a guy that just signed a big contract. You're anticipating him to be on this team for the next seven years. I, it's it's a really tough 
situation that the Flyers find themselves in, and it's no fault of their own. It's nobody's fault. I mean, back injuries happen, but the value of Sean Couturier for next season is vastly more worth than his value for this season. That's how I see it. I think that that is an awful hot take, Bill. I appreciate you going out there for and really reaching for it, but you don't want to bring back their overall best player this season if they have an opportunity? No, because like because we're t- again, I go back to we're talking about a back injury that is now re- has required two surgeries on it. Like why push him? Why not get him a hundred percent healthy, not ninety-five, not ninety-two, a hundred percent healthy. Like if he comes to you in March, he hasn't played. He hasn't played hockey at all in twenty twenty-two. He's not played hockey this this calendar year. Yeah, because he's not healthy. Exactly, but that's my point. So you want to you want to hold him out till the end of twenty twenty-three, almost two full years. If that's the case, yeah, because you like if 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 that means he's a hundred percent healthy and you give him a full training camp, you're giving a full preseason at that point. Yeah, I absolutely would. I think that that is. I think the best way for him to to get better is to actually get in a game action. I don't think you need to go through the training camp and do all that stuff. You know, for a guy coming off of that, I think he needs to get that game speed to get back into it. I think that's what you need. Like he's a veteran; he's not a young guy. He's a veteran. He knows how to go about doing his thing. Okay, so he's out for a while now, which sucks. Okay, um, which really give credit to Anthony Sanfilippo for really getting that in the first place. You know, he called it. And he flat out called. I listen. I held out hope, thinking they'd get him back. But the fact that he hit it on the nail on the head again, he's great. We've we've had him on, and we talked about how like he sticks to his journalistic duties as a, as a reporter when he gets this information, vets his sources, and gets it right a lot of times. He'll acknowledge when he gets it wrong. But over these last couple of seasons, with the Sam Moran injury. Uh, again, with the knee and that basically literally costing the guy's career. And now the Sean Couturier stuff, he's been right on these. So, like, if anyone questions San Filippo at this point, you're you're just being a, a contrarian just to be a contrarian. Contrarian? Do you have to use that big of a word? You're an idiot. That's what you <laughs> yeah, are. You're an idiot. That's a Philadelphia. You're an idiot. And listen, before we move on, I, I want to make one point. You, you say that JVR is not a big deal. I don't want you to look at anything. Okay, don't look at anything. How many how many games has JVR played this year? None or two, two or three. Boy, you really don't watch anything, do you? I don't. I haven't. I, I not off the top of my head. I have no <laughs> you idea. You haven't noticed JVR? I'm yeah. just busting your chops. Okay, he's played six games. How many points does he have? Five. Yes, he has five points. Okay, okay. What's his plus minus? Ooh. If you're putting up five or five points, I'll, I'll say like plus six. He's plus five. Yeah. So you you want to say that that's not a big deal for six weeks? That's a big deal, especially when you're coming up on the Rangers next week, the Maple Leafs next week, at a three game road trip here. Um, that's a that's a big well, deal. And to be clear, like what I'm saying is like six weeks without JVR, you can survive. Like you can. It's not going to be pretty. It's not going to be easy. But you can survive, and when you get JVR back, you just roll him in. Because, again, I'm the point I'm making is his injury is less significant in terms of severity between a back and a finger. You can Okay, fair enough. That's fair what enough. I'm I saying. misunderstood. Okay. That's what okay. I'm saying. Like, the fact okay. that he's missing, a, like, out with a finger surgery for six weeks, you, you roll him back into the lineup when he can, when he's but, healthy. 
Listen, if I'm the Flyers right now, I think they did an absolute genius thing by picking up Kiefer Bellows this week. Yeah, I, I, that's what I wanted him to wrap on. Like that, so 24-year-old was on the Islanders, is considered a sniper. I was look, I don't, I'm not very familiar with him, to be honest. But what I was looking at, he didn't have a high goal-to-shot goal to ratio. But, I mean, he's still considered a sniper. I mean, great. The funny thing is that he's a Minnesota, Minnesotan. So, of course, Chuck Fletcher is going to claim him because he's obsessed with Minnesotans. No, it's just because he was a high pick in 2016. That he was a first-round pick. And in he's only 24 years old. Correct. And I think that here's this is where some play this this is this is a very underrated move by Chuck Fletcher. And l- let me explain why. You know, um take for instance Adam Fox for the Rangers, okay? Adam Fox was given up on by I believe it was the the Jets. A couple teams had given him opportunity, just never rounded out his game. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh my God, where'd this guy come from? He's absolutely amazing. I have a feeling that Brian Bellis can kind of be the same thing. Because it he he needs he needs coaching. His his dad was in the NHL, Brian Bellows. Okay, and also they did that Saturday Night Live skit. I'm Brian Bellows, so you, that's going to be stuck in your head when you if you ever hear that. Um, ever since they I heard that, I've been it's been stuck in my head. Um, but the thing is that yes, he does have a he is a winger. He does shoot the puck well. He's 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 more he's a physical he's a physical like he's like a power forward. He's more physical than you would think, but he put up a lot of volume at the lower levels, but never quite put it together at the NHL. Uh, and this this goes back to like development, so to speak, because this is when the Islanders were starting to get pretty good when he was about ready to turn that point to come onto the main roster. And he never really made it through. So the fact that they needed to make room with him and they waived him, picking him up there, this is a low risk, high, high reward here, I feel like. And I think that you have a prospect kind of blue chip that was you know came around and in right around the uh time of the pandemic and just quite hasn't put his game together yet and i think that if you have the right coach a guy like john tortorella um it's it's absolutely incredible uh that you can get a guy and and really develop him and you got him for nothing and you got him for no- you got a young nhl ready player for nothing, twenty-four years old. For nothing. Do you know? Do you know what the Islanders were trying to like? Were they just trying to dash him into the AHL before they? I mean, like, what was the logic here of the Islanders specifically going, getting rid? Like, were they? He just wasn't a fit to their system right now, and they were just sent, trying to sneak him down into their AHL affiliate. Because I mean, it, it's shocking that you get a kid like this that is, as you said, a a, a Low risk, high reward got a player through the that goes unnoticed. Like it, it's very, it's a, it's a surprise move by the the Islanders is basically what I'm saying. Like I didn't anticipate them to like. I guess they just gave up on the kid. Like that that, that I'm trying to make sense of why they got rid of Kiefer. Really, that's really I didn't really. I'm not sure. I'm I'm unfamiliar with the situation. Well, basically they were. I'm I'm sure. That, like if you're anything from the Islanders, you're not going to get anything on a Lou Lamorello. That's first. That's first and foremost. Secondly, I think that's something we're probably trying to trade them or something along the lines. There weren't any takers, which is odd for me. I just think there might have been some, you know, behind the scenes. There's always something where people have red flags or whatever. Well, there, you were also saying that he was a sixth, uh, the sixth overall pick in 2015, 2016. So like 20, 2016. I don't think he was that high, but I think I mean, he was. Uh, but either way, like uh, 
see. Like he was, okay, he was a first round pick. They're probably trying yeah, to he was get a some, first round pick. Yeah. So he's trying uh, to get some high value out of him in a trade, and they didn't just, as we always say, it takes two to tango to make a trade in this league or any league for that matter. And they were there were no buyers. So yeah, I I think that's something where it's, I mean, like for instance, like you know, they they the Islanders are going through their own thing. Um, I, I'm surprised that, you know, a Lou would give up, would do that. But I think it's something where they were trying to, you know, maybe push him through, but he's not waiver protective. And so, listen, I, I would, I think this is a really good opportunity for the Flyers to pick it up. And and I want to say this. He played Saturday too. He was a minus one, but he, he got some ice time already on Saturday against the Carolina uh, Hurricanes. Yeah, but still, like, and, that, and that's a good thing. Like, it's going to take some time, for, obviously, for him to get used to it and stuff like that and how towards coaches. But this is... This is why I believe in John Tortorella so much. And really take take what I'm about to say, not with a grain of salt, but understand where I'm going with this. Torts last night ripped the media right off the bat and told him to stay positive. And, you know, I think I don't know what reporter asked it, but someone said, do you believe that this team, you know, uh, you 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 believe in this team after this performance tonight? He goes, God damn right I do. And, you know, he told guys, he told them, why why start with the negative stuff? Half glass half full, half full. Because that to me is a great sign of an excellent coach and a guy who really knows the pulse of his team or is getting to know it. Is that I love because towards towards the type of coach. That a rip of the team after a win, saying we didn't do this well. We yeah, we got the win, and that's what matters. But at the end of the day, we got to do this, this, and this. We figured it out. But at the same time, last night he goes, I thought there was a ton of positives. He goes, I thought we were beating up the puck at first, and the second and third I thought were really well. Everybody was looking at the final thing, like, oh, man, they had the lead, and they blew it at the end. I think that John Tortorella was great, thinking, like, man, we played against Florida the other night. We played much better. Because think about it. They gave up about maybe 15 less shots. They took more shots on the goal last night. There's a lot of little positives there. I can't complain about a team that we didn't anticipate to really be competitive against the top-tier teams in Florida and Carolina coming away with three points out of those matchups. Like, you're getting three out of four points as a 75% conversion rate. How can you, com- like, find any negativity in that? It's If you're, com- if you're converting 70-plus percent of your points over the season, you're making the playoffs and probably win- finishing top three, if not top two. But the biggest point I'm trying to make is that he's he's praising them after losses, and I love that. That that sounds counterintuitive, but he's he's saying, look, we didn't get the W. We got a point. We things are doing well. But I like the fact too. At some point too, after and after wins, he's going to rip them, and I, I like that. That that is great because it's not about right now. Tortorella, of course, you're in the NHL. You're trying to win. Obviously, you want to get dubbed in these W's as you can. But he knows the bigger picture here, and the bigger picture is not just wins and losses. The bigger picture here is getting this team to play to the top of its uh, as, as top of its ability. And listen, you you win, you play, you play well, and you lose. I'm praising you. You play like shit, and you win. Guess what? I'm ripping you. I know exactly what he's talking about there. Absolutely love that angle, and that's why I have a lot of belief in this in, in this coach and in this club. Because of that specifically, that's what he talks about when he coaches the mind. I just realized, and we'll wrap on this, like we made it a month into this season and we got the usual uh, Tortorella um, phrases and all that stuff. We didn't get a blow up between any of him and the beat reporters this, this yet. Like I'm 
pleasantly surprised. I mean, obviously it's because they're playing well. It's not because they're playing. They're we anticipated. They didn't anticipate uh, uh, to play this well so early. But like, I'm a little disappointed we haven't had a classic torts versus the media uh, blow up with like. I think we had the over under uh, an even odds between him and Coc or uh, a Sam Karshidi type of person blowing up on how this team has been playing, but. I mean, I guess it's a good thing because they they're five two and one and they're playing pleasantly well uh, after all of what we anticipated going into this season. So, I guess no blow up means a good thing, but we'll get it at some point. I'm, I, uh, I I have a feeling we'll get it. At some you're point. gonna get it. if they get into a little bit of a slump. Yeah, and you piss John off with the wrong question. Yeah, yeah. Especially if you start focusing. Here's I'll give a little. And I'm not giving the media tip, considering that we get we go there sometimes, but. D- don't don't ask so much about the injuries after a game. Ask about the game. Trust me. Trust me. The one player we haven't talked about, and, and we don't have to spend too much time, is just Cam Atkinson. Like it, it, we all we told was, oh, upper body injury, or I don't even know. They just said body injury. Like it, they got very vague in terms of like this is the one thing that we've talked about this. Like the, and but that's just torts. Like he's not going to disclose much unless there's already a report out there. Uh, and even then, he might not say anything. So I can't. He said this week, "quote he that is one frustrated young man." Like Cam's frustrated, and he whatever it is, it's not working out. Unfortunately for him at the moment, it's hopefully it's not a Ryan L situation. But it, it's the fact that they had a setback. You know, it is is no, no is is a little bit concerning. It, it is concerning. It is. If we have another Ryan Ellis situation on our hand with a guy like Cam Atkinson, like that's. I can't do it again, Scott. I I, I, I know. Re- I, I know. really can't. I know. Because I know. But I mean, like, it, it's gonna sound horrible. Uh, but like, you, you, there's a there's nothing you can do about it, and b you know that's what LTIR is for, man. Like, it's you I, know, yeah, I see to, what you're you, saying. You're you're you, it's something where they're gonna have to figure it out regardless. Look, they're figuring it out without him right now. They're figuring it out without Kateria. They're figuring it out without uh, Ellis. And they're figuring, and they got to figure it out without JVR. So they're gonna have to figure it out, and Torch is gonna get them in the direction to do that. I have, I have no doubt in my mind at all that this team isn't gonna continue to do positive things over the next couple weeks here. Yeah. All right, that is gonna do it. Episode one twenty eight of Orange and Back Check. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you are subscribed to us. You are rating us five stars. Make sure you follow the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. All of that good stuff in the description below. We are brought to you by DraftKings. Make sure you use promo code THPN when you sign up to get free bets when you sign up. Promo code THPN. We will talk to you next time. Framber Valdez was cheating. <laughs>